Okay, so <clears throat> welcome back uh, for the third uh, in our series on Tefillah based Sara with Rabbi Schneider. Um, just a quick announcement that today's um, learning was also very generously sponsored. Um, unfortunately, I did not get the name of the person in whose memory we are uh, learning. If I get it by the end of the uh, share today, um, I'll let everybody know, but or I'll put it in the chat. But um, just to say thank you to our sponsors, it's really been very heartwarming to see um, how much our alumni are recognizing what we do and, and helping to make this happen. And it should be an Elias Neshama for um, this woman that I'm sure Hashem knows who she is. So um, so thank you for that. Tomorrow I will not be here, but we will be meeting nonetheless. Carol will be on the Zoom, um, uh, you know, running the Zoom. But if you need anything, don't hesitate to be in touch. And um, And it's been great. Take it away, Rabbi. Thank you very much. Uh, so j just to review where we're up to in this whole discussion of tefillah-based tzara and then try and push forward a little bit. Uh, last time we, we sketched out a machlokas, a potential machlokas between the Rambam and the Ramban in terms of the nature of tzila, what generates an obligation to Davin. But what we ultimately discovered was that really everyone agrees that the obligation to Davin stems from an ace tzara, a crisis. Whether that's a daily crisis, Rosalvechik's terminology of uh, external crisis and internal crisis, existential crisis versus the overt crisis. But everyone agrees that tefillah based tzara in a time of crisis is, is necessary and it is a mitzvah. What we also discussed last time was that the tefillah based tzara is something which emanates from emuna, and it is something that deepens emuna. And we kind of left on the cliffhanger how is that? Why is that? So that's where I'd like to pick up today, maybe just by pointing out another question. Um, this is the first source on this on this uh, packet. A medrash in Parshas Peshalach. Medrash, the same idea appears more succinctly in the Gemara in Mesech Sivamus, but I thought that this just really flushed up the idea. Says the medrash, when Am Yisrael saw that they were being chased by the, the Egyptians and they were surrounded by three directions, Hayam Sogar, and then you got the, the sea behind you. So they turned their eyes to Hashem, and they cried out to Hashem, Shinem as the Pasuk says, Hashem. So then the Medrash says, the Lama Why Hashem set it up like that? Ella. Hashem desired their tefillahs. This, the Gemara in Yuvamos says, is the same about the why the Avos and the Maus were barren, because Hashem wanted them to daven. And, and then the Medrash gives a mashal. Amar Levi, If you have a king, and there's a, there's a, a bas malachim, a Princess, who's who's crying out? Please help me! Hatzilim yad listim. So Shama Hamelch Vitzila, the king comes and saves her. Laachar Yamim, number of days later, Bikesh Lisa Oisa Oisa Leisha. He wanted to marry her. Hayimisavish Shetidaber Ima, Velo Hayser Oisa, but she wouldn't respond to him. She wouldn't get back to him. 
Ma'asamelch, what did he do? Gira bahalistim. So he called up those bandits, those robbers who had he had initially saved her from. In order that she'll cry out and he'll hear. So immediately, as soon as these listing came upon her, she calls out to the king. So the king says to her, I just wanted to hear from you. You weren't responding to me. You weren't responding to my text messages. What happened? I just wanted to hear from you. So says the Medrash, same with us. When we were in Egypt, and we were enslaved, he was we turned our eyes, we, t- we cried out to Hashem. the Pasuk says, And immediately what happens, I'm sorry, I just lost the spot here. Hashem took them out with a strong hand, and Hashem just wanted to hear our voice again. And we didn't want to. So what Hashem do, says the Medrash? He set it up. He set up a situation <coughs> that we that Hashem would, that, that we would hear his voice. That, sorry, that he would hear our voice that we would dab into. Now, I don't have a full answer to this question, but this Medrash always bothered me because what type of a... I, I, I feel a little funny saying it. What type of a sick person does this? Let's set up a crisis, so that I'll be the savior, so that you'll call out to me. I'll get to hear from you. Really, that that's a normal way to act. So, and that's a general problem on on the Medrash, on the Gemara, but the the Rivka, etc. Not having children, Hashem wanted them to have it. Why? Hashem wanted them to have needed needed to create a problem so he would feel important. So, let's come back to that in a second. If you look in source number two, Salvechik points out something which I think is fascinating and very important in terms of our approach to dominating general. He writes, when man is in need and praise, God listens. One of God's attributes is Shemet he who listens to prayer. Now, Salvechik points out, we say this is dominating every single day, and how many times do we never notice this? Let us note that Judaism has never promised that God accepts all prayer. It doesn't say Hashem is the Onet Tefillah, he responds to prayer. It says he is a shomeyat fila. He listens. The efficacy of prayer is not the central term of inquiry, inquiry in our philosophy of Adoshavalev. Acceptance of prayer is a hope, a vision, a wish, a petition, but not a principle or a premise. The foundation of prayer is not the conviction of its effectiveness, but the belief that through it we approach God intimately and the miraculous community embracing finite man and his creator is born. The basic function of prayer is not its practical consequences, but the medical, metaphysical formation of a fellowship consisting of God and man. In English, I think we would say that that what Rosalvechik is describing is that tefillah creates a relationship with Hashem, and sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes it's not the, what you want to hear, but it doesn't mean he didn't listen. It just means the answer was not what you wanted. And maybe at least a little bit with that, we can understand that that medrash. But it's so well, why is Hashem doing this? Hashem is creating a relationship. The idea of an ace tsara is an absolute relationship where we are forced to turn to Hashem because we feel so backed against the wall, we have nothing else to do. So what do we do? We turn to Hashem. And this is exactly what the Ramban said. I didn't put this on the source sheet, but I'll just read you the Ramban that we were discussing the last couple of days. And he says, 
the mitzvah of tefillah, if, if it's a mitzvah deraisa, it must be based Sarah in the time of crisis. And that is, that we believe that Hashem, that he listens. The Ramban never says that we must believe that Hashem answers our tefillahs. He says, we have a mitzvah to daven in crisis because we believe Hashem will hear the tefillahs. And our hope is, our hope is he'll save us. But sometimes the answer is no. And even when the answer is no, that does not cheapen the relationship that has been developed. Because now I've just poured my, my heart out to Hashem in a meaningful way. If you look in source number three, Rav Leuchter takes a similar approach. And he says, thus, we see the tefillah itself develops in man a deep and powerful faith. Right? We were bothered last time. How is it that Emuna engenders, uh, that tefillah engenders Emuna? Two different things. So he says, the reason is because that is the, based on the clear knowledge that Hashem is interested in us and wants to bestow his good upon us. This faith connects us to a reality that far transcends our simple existence because, because it is down to the will of Hashem. Through prayer, we are afforded the opportunity to, at least momentarily, transcend and free ourselves from the grip of the Yitzhara. This is the Amuna which is developed through prayer, since the position we assume in prayer is with the certainty that, uh, that the Creator is interested in us. Interested does not mean answers still, though. He's interested in us. He wants to hear from us. He wants that relationship with us. But it doesn't mean that we will be answered or answered in the way that we want it to be answered. This type of faith provides an extremely stable anchor rooted in our connection to Hashem. It is an anchor that remains firm throughout all of life's events. Even if the desired results we ask for do not materialize, the certainty that we are standing face to face with Hashem and that He, Hashem, is concerned about our good remains unaffected. This is the main characteristic of Amunah, to serve as an anchor in a Jew's life, an anchor of certainty which cannot be shaken. That's what Amunah is, says Rav That's what Tefillah is. And I would just take it a step further. That's what Tefillah-based Tzara is. When we find ourselves in crisis, what are we doing? We feel like the whole the, the floor has been pulled out from underneath us. We feel like we're free-falling. We want an anchor. We want something to, to hold on to. What is that anchor? That anchor is a Kaddish Baruch How do we get to that? By, by engaging in a meaningful relationship with Him through Tefillah. Tefillah is the mechanism that we feel that relationship with Hashem. And when we feel that relationship with Hashem, ultimately, um, we've provided stability for ourselves in the hope that there will, there will be a response. And I think this is, that hope is really um, expressed in this Pasuk in Tilim, in verse number four, where David says, you call me out and I'll answer you. Sometimes I will answer you. I'll give you right. I'll give you the. I'll give you the response you want, or even if not the response you want, but it'll be a response. The answer could be no. Still, and then Hashem says, "Ima anochi b'tzara." I'm with you there. Part of what we're doing when we are turning to Hashem in an isara in this crisis is we're inviting Hashem into the crisis with us, and we're saying, "Come, take 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 a seat with us." Just share one. One um, idea that I once heard from Rav Meir Goldwicht, that we say at a at a shiva when we when we when we're Menachem Avo, we say Hamalkum Menachem Eschem. We refer to Hashem as Hamalkum, the place. It's a very strange um, way to identify Hashem. We only use it a couple times. So Rav Goldwicht suggested, why is it that we're that 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 we use such an expression? At that, at that moment, when, when people are in crisis, people are suffering so 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 bitterly when they're sitting shiva. So Rav Goldberg suggested that what we're essentially acknowledging when we when we 
when we visit a Shiv house or Menachem Avel, is we're saying there's a gaping hole in your life right now. There's a gaping hole in your life right now. I have no way of filling it. You know what can fill that? Hamakom. Hashem will take that place. That place, that gaping hole that, that, that's missing, that, that you're drowning in, our tefillah is to you. Hashem will fill that. I think that, that, that this is the, that, that idea is exactly what, what I'm trying to express here in terms of tefillah based tzara. Tefillah based tzara means I have a gaping hole. I have an absolute gaping hole in my life. I'm free falling. Hashem, please fill that in. I'll just add that's what we're saying. What will we say? We're referring to all the tsara, all the shivya, all the captives. And what do we say? So we're saying we're free falling. Our tefillah is in this, through this relationship with Hashem, Hashem will fill, fill that hole and ultimately we'll be able to move on and not, not move on and forget, but move past and get through this um, in, in, in one way or another. So I I'll stop here for today in terms of this. What I'd like to do next time is maybe just to talk about a few ideas, how we could um, enhance our tefillah, uh, tefillah-based star specifically nowadays. Thanks, Rabbi, for really picking an amazing topic that touches each one of us. And um, I'll wish all you an early good Shabbos, um, but the group will meet again tomorrow, same time, same place.